Welcome to the Pro Church Marketing Podcast. Are you a church leader or nonprofit director that wants to reach more people online? If so, you're going to want to listen to what John O'Long has to say about the latest trends in online marketing for churches and faith based nonprofits. Here's your host, John O'Long. All right. Cool, cool, cool. So uh, Jono here with FaithWorks Marketing. Got my friend, Mr. Chandler Boyce, church marketing consultant here with me. Dude, thanks for spending some time with me today. Absolutely honored to be on. Been looking forward to this conversation and uh, looking to, you know, see what we can drum up here. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I uh, got to hang out a little bit last week and realized that, like, had we gone to high school together, we'd probably been BFFs. Um, so here, here we are. You're in Texas, right? You're, you're a Texas guy. Fort Worth, baby. Fort Worth. And uh, I'm out here in Atlanta. And so, yeah. Let's hot just Atlanta. Walk. Gosh, it is so hot, man. I am. I get angry walking outside. It is <laughs> humid. You just stick your head out the door. You're already sweating. I don't yeah, know. Dude. It's no is joke. It, is it humid in, it's humid in Texas too, right? Uh, a little bit further west to get the dry heat. Yeah, Where we're. I heat? would say we're we're kind of on the edge like when it's hot and there's not humidity around it's it's you know it's not bad but like right now we've got storms rolling in so it's definitely it's 90 almost 100 and it's pretty pretty icky outside i don't understand the i mean i've heard a lot of people say like well it's it's a dry heat so it's not that bad but like 115 degrees of dry heat sounds pretty terrible to me listen i've been i've been to vegas in the summer when it's 105 and it is different. I promise you, it is not the same. Really? Like you, when you take the humidity, humidity out, it is, it's hot, but it is not the same. It's, I don't know how to explain it, but it's it, like being in the Delta in Mississippi in July is way worse than July in, in Vegas. Really? For huh. sure. Yeah. I, I got to experience that because I just, you know, I don't ever want to be over 75 degrees ever. That's yeah, 72. I, I think that's the whatever. Like when we get to heaven, I think it's going to be 72. Yes, that would be that would be fabulous. That would be fabulous. <laughs> I have a I have an aversion to sweating, but anyway. Yeah. So, big news today. Threads is out. Apparently, I don't think it was supposed to even come out today. Like it's a day or a week earlier than they thought. All the headlines are, it's the Twitter killer. Um, like, really? Um, mm. I don't know. What, what do you think? Have you got? Have you jumped on threads yet? And, and what do you think? I did jump on. Jumped on. I've, I've got a couple social media pros that I, I'm subscribed to their Instagram broadcast channel, which um, I love. I love broadcast channels. No one's talking about those. I think those are a great, cool little tool to use. Um so, and so we, okay, I, and, and so I'm. So tell us, tell us what the, the Instagram broadcast channels are. So a lot of people don't. Yeah, if, it, yeah. If you don't, if if you're listening, you don't know what the YouTube bro, or excuse me, Instagram broadcast channel is. It's basically a a group of people that can subscribe or they can join your broadcast group, and then when you post on there, they get that they receive that information, that content via like a DM. Now. They can't. Rep they can't talk in it. Only you can talk, but they can respond to polls. You know, they can. You can send. You know, posts that you've posted, or you can put exclusive uh, information content in that. 
Um, it's just a great way to build, you know, depending on what industry you're in. Um, it's a great way to kind of build a group of people that you can, you know, that, that want to follow you exclusive, that want your content, um, that, that, you know, they want to learn from you. They want to, you know, get educated from you, whatever that may be. So it's a, it's a cool little tool. I can't say I'm like, you know, crushing it on there, but I've got a decent little group of people that I kind of gives me a place I can get feedback, ask questions, you know, share little insights and let them kind of feel like they're getting stuff that no one else, no one else is. But yes, threads, threads is, uh, is great. Um, it's very simple right now, which I don't think it's going to last very long. Obviously what's nice is it's, it's clean. It's simple. There's no advertising. There's not a lot of junk on there. There's not a lot of just yeah. boring stuff on there. Um, is it, it a Twitter killer? Sign up. I mean, everything just yeah. kind of migrated from Instagram. So that was super easy. Yep. But I, I just, I, and we were just talking about this before we, we went on, you know, like clubhouse it's the hype's always there, but it's going to take, six months or a year to see what actually plays out um depending on can it can it can threads be better than twitter or is you know or is it simpler because it's connected to instagram i think in my opinion one of the features that makes it more i don't know likable compared to twitter is that it's connected it's easy to get to it's a different app but you can get to it from instagram um yeah. so like I think that that is a plus. Um, I don't I don't really get on Twitter much unless I'm like watching like crazy fight videos or something. I don't know. Like yeah, I, like t Twitter's its own it's its own algorithm and way to try to grow and reach people. So I don't. I mean, what do you what do you what are your first thoughts? Yeah, well, my first thoughts, and maybe this is just because I'm getting older, is like, oh man, I don't want another social media platform to have to check on yeah. now. You know, so I've, to, partly it's like more work. Uh, on the other hand, I'm with you. It, it was super easy. I, I definitely spent a little bit of time on it uh, this morning, um, and and you know it was it was what it was. I saw some people that um, that I trust and that I, that I like to follow. They had some. They had put some pretty good content out. So I was like, okay, this this will get my attention. So um, I'll check. I, I think I'll check it again. I haven't uh, I haven't threaded yet. Uh, what? what what, what do you call it when you so they're, they're, uh, they're still calling them Twitter, tweets what do we do they're still calling them they're still calling them tweets oh it's, it's so it's called a tweet on thread hey, yeah I mean let me double check I'm pretty exactly. sure when I checked when I checked earlier uh, I saw I saw the word tweet on there let me see Elon is not gonna be happy about that yeah I don't know if that's like a if that's a uh like a you know they own that or what but I guess that, that's kind of like, you know, calling a podcast a podcast. I mean, that was an Apple thing for the iPod. True. And now everything, even, you know, on Spotify, it's a podcast. On your Well, account. I guess they're calling it a thread. Oh, they so, are calling it a thread. I, I, okay. I could have sworn I saw a tweet somewhere, but maybe not. They are, they are calling it a thread, which makes me think this is just I, just, I just thought about this. It's called a thread. So what if a part of the algorithm is... You're not just supposed to post once. You're supposed to post actually threads of content on one. Yeah, yeah, good point. How long? How long can a thread be? What is it? Uh, what's the What's the character limit on a thread? Do we know? Oh, uh, let's see. Let's see. It says does not give me a limit. Oh, okay. Yeah, does not give me a limit. Well, I need and then to go you can also thread. 
You can also choose to post a thread that can go to anyone or profiles you follow or only to mentioned people. Kind of cool. So it's like it's, instead of a DM, you just thread them and only they see it. Huh. Interesting. So I wonder if thread is going to be bigger than truth social. <laughs> truth so I don't even know what that is. That's that's Trump's Twitter that he built. Oh, uh, I, uh, that was that was a joke. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I can't. Think, I think it's just Donald Trump on Truth Social right now. I think he's the. Only yeah, one. I don't. I don't know. Uh, some of these, there's too, there's, there's too many platforms, and and I'll say this, like, to 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 those weary, burdened social media people, um, don't feel the pressure to have to get on there and start posting or don't just get on there and just start posting the same stuff you're posting necessarily everywhere, everywhere else, or like, just do that. I don't know, but don't, don't feel like you have to at this moment, especially if you don't like, if you're, you, if you don't feel like you have a handle on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, some of the, you know, the main ones, TikTok maybe stay there. Cause I promise you, right now this is just a trial like it's going to take time to for everyone to figure this out so stay focused on the platforms that you're doing right now and m master them before you try and go figure out and spend time yeah. on another platform like so i want to give someone some freedom <laughs> yeah every church social media manager who is stressing out right now does not need to go out their pastor probably just walked in the office like you got to set up on that threads yet they don't need to feel the pressure to like go out and just crush it on threads. We don't know what it's going to do. Yeah. Set up the account, but don't, don't stress out about it yet. I mean, it, but if it is a thread thing, it's also very simple because you could easily do with AI. I mean, let's get into some like on, on call hacks, take some sermon series notes, throw it in chat GPT or one of the AI softwares and have it tell it to write you, like six, take the sermon and make six thread posts and it'll probably do it for you. And then you can just copy and paste. There you go. There you go. There you go. So, all right. All right. That's not a bad idea at all. <coughs> we're, 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 we're just all hacking right. the algorithm so right now live. This is, this is, yeah, this is crazy. Yeah. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see what it does. You know, with Twitter, I kind of, Twitter has kind of become a, at least what I see, a dumpster fire of, political arguing and, 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 uh, but anybody I know who's successful on Twitter, they're always on Twitter and talking back and forth with people, Twitter and probably threads. It's not going to be the place where you're just broadcasting information like, Hey, here's my stuff. Here's what I'm saying to you. It's, I know Twitter's got to be conversational for you to do much there. And so yep. I would imagine yep. threads is going to be the same way yep. and uh, you're going to have to have conversations with people if you really want to do well there. So we shall. And, then, and that's, and that's the tough thing with, with, you know, if you have a church account or some kind of business account is that it is the part of engagement is being engaging, not just with your content, but also with people, with DMS, with comments and likes. I mean, that's how LinkedIn is too. That's why LinkedIn's tough because if you really want to grow on LinkedIn or Twitter, you have to get on there and, like and share and comment and dm and it's it's not like it work. can be t yeah dude it's a lot of work and that's why i just don't really mess with twitter much because i just don't it's just it's too much work yeah yeah same here man i mean it's just a lot of time and 
I ain't got time for that. So, no. so what about? Um, I like to ask everybody this question. What, what's the craziest, funniest, embarrassing? So you know, you're, you're you've had ministry experience. You've been in the church. So we've all got some of those stories where just something stupid, crazy happened, and you look back and it's like, oh my gosh, what in the world? So you got one of those. What's the one that jumps out at you that you can share? There's so many of them, man. You got to remember, I ran I ran a summer camp for. Year. I mean, I could tell you that story, but that's a that's a whole nother story. Oh. We won't we won't get into that. That won't be a, that won't be a funny one. But I mean, the the amount of stuff that's happened at camp, um, <laughs> like, dude. I mean, I could. I, I mean, I guess I can say this. Um, I'm. This is actually so. When I went to summer camp, I forget how I was how old I was. I think I was probably I was probably like a freshman or something in high school, and out in the middle of nowhere in South Kansas, um, you know, about 150 kids. And we had some crazy cabin leaders. Uh, and so one night we all got the idea, you know what we're going to do? We're going to, we're going to, we're going to strip down birthday suits and we're going to streak across the camp. And we're going to try to make it all the way. It wasn't that far. Maybe a couple football, football fields. We're going to make it all the way across to the, there's a, um, there was a dinner bell, like a big, like you know, the ones you pull, it's like, ding dong. Like, so they would ring right. that for, you know, so it's in the middle of the night. So we know if we, if we rang it, it would wake up the entire camp. Now, luckily the, the girls camp or girls cabins were far enough away that at night, no, you know, no one's going to, no one's going to expose themselves. So we start stripping down and we're like sneaking around the cabins. We're not trying to wait, you know, like, and again, birthday suits, like, and there's like, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six, there might've been 10 or 12 of us. Right. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're running. So like we're sneaking around the cabins and then we, we streak up, ring the bell. Well, I don't know if they, if they heard us or saw us or whatever, but are the youth pastors and the like main youth leaders their their cabin it was like cabins all around and like their main cabin was kind of in the middle of everything and it was kind of like un, in ground all of a sudden we're running back and they are out there with paintball guns lighting like literally trying to shoot us as we're running back into our dorm so oh, that's amazing so we're just sprinting and we're like just screaming and they're just <laughs> I don't think I got hit, but it was, it was, uh, it was a crazy time. So that, that's one of my crazy church stories. That's great. That's great. We just dropped our, our kids. Off. I have five kids. Uh, two of them just left this morning, uh, for, for summer camp with our, uh, with our church. And, um, I was thinking it brought back a memory. Uh, when I was in the youth group, we were, we were going to camp and, uh, I, I was in a good, I'm in Georgia. I was in a good Southern Baptist church. Right. And, uh, our, our youth pastor, we did a guy's van and a girl's van. That's how, that's how we got to summer camp because we didn't. And, and, and I even did this when I was a youth pastor, just because on a two and a half hour drive, we'd get to camp and you'd have 14 new couples. If you, you know, by the time you got oh, there, yeah. people had held hands and whatever. And so they're in love, but you know, so we did guys and girls vans, whatever. But there was this, there was this guy that he wasn't real involved. His mom wanted him to be at youth camp. And he said, well, the only way I'm going is if my girlfriend goes, she's like, okay, well, I'll pay for both of you to go. Well, then they find out that there's a girl's van and a guy's van and they couldn't ride together. And he says, 
well, the girlfriend says, well, I'm not riding with a bunch of girls. I don't know. I'm riding with my boyfriend and boyfriend's like, I'm not going if she can't, if she doesn't go. And so the parent begged my youth pastor. I can't believe he let this happen. Um, cause it's not like him. I never heard him say yes, but he ended up for whatever reason, because they said the only way they would go is if she could ride in the guy's van. So she ends up riding in the guy's van and she was a really pretty girl, a lot of makeup, very, you know, prim and proper girl, just, you know, um, and so on the way there about halfway, we stopped for lunch and my youth pastor, he stops and he takes us guys and we go to waffle house and he ordered several bowls of chili and, <laughs> And <laughs> some of us you had IBS, you know, some of us had some, sure. we ate so much bacon and chili and, and eggs. Oh, and so we get in the van and we didn't know what we didn't know. We're like, well, this is cool. He's taking us to Waffle House. Usually we get crappy, crappy food, you know, but he's, and he's paying for it. He knew what he was doing, man. He was loading us up with chili Dude, the last hour of the drive, we all but crapped our pants. And she <laughs> she got in the girls' van. She got in the girls' van. Oh my gosh. Problem solved. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. You know, you know what's funny about that is we had a tradition every year before camp. We would stop like that right before we got to camp. It was like 30 minutes. There was a little town outside. We would stop and it was like we we you know, we'd eat kind of eat a lunch before we we get there. And for whatever reason, I, this is the only time I ever ate at this place. We would go to Long John Silver's oh, oh. and just crush anything and everything. And then literally by the time we got off the bus, it was a race to see who could get to the toilet first. <laughs> Long John Silver's, man, you probably should eat that sitting on the toilet. Like, you, you know, for you sure. Not, you may not. That, that's like, I don't know. That's like eating hibachi, man. It's like we're, you know, you're not stopping oh. at any stores on the way home from hibachi. It's like we we gotta get home. Oh <laughs> no, yeah, you gotta long time it right. Man, it's been a long time since I ate Long John Silver. That's great, bro. I, yeah, it's probably been fifteen years, but I think they're still around, man. They're still popping. You know, they got that KFC pizza Long John Silver's combo. Oh, that's right. That's right. Wow. <laughs> oh. oh. That is that is what you call a gut grenade right there, man. That is cool. <laughs> That's a viral video waiting to happen. So, all right. So, so you're also you're a search engine optimization guy. You're an SEO guy. I see you talk about SEO a lot, uh, man. I believe uh, SEO is probably the one of the funnest things we do in in marketing, but I, it's also one of the things that. I think a lot of pastors, a lot of church leaders aren't thinking about. It's never really occurred to them. Um, dude, I was doing SEO kind of as a side gig for years and years while I was on staff at a church. And it was only like the last year or so of when I was on staff at a church that it ever occurred to me, the SEO guy, to even do SEO for my own church. It just it just yeah. never it just never occurred to me. And 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 so if it didn't occur to me, I know it's not occurring to a lot of other guys. So you know, why is SEO important for a church? Can it really work? Does it, is it really worth doing on your own or paying a guy like you to help out with it, paying an agency like ours to do it for them? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think everything's relative to time and budget and what your, what, what your goal is. I mean, you know, there's, there's no perfect answer, but what I, what I've realized is that there's not, 
And that's why we became friends because there's not a lot of people in this space, specifically in the church kind of nonprofit. Obviously we work with businesses too, but I, I just saw a lot of people talking about the same things, which is fine. Like when you talk about plan a visit and stuff like that, that, you know, that's been around for, you know, a decade now and that is effective and it is work. It's a, it's a great, easy offer. It's, it's pretty easy to automate. That's awesome. But I haven't, I hadn't seen a lot of people in this space specifically talk about SEO and the importance of organic search rank. And mm -hmm. when you look at the stats and you can go out there and, you know, go to local IQ or one of the big boys, Arifs or whatever, and look at their stats. But when you look at the stats, organic always outperforms paid ads. Like when you look at the statistics on, on paid ads, it's like what the average industry average is like three to 5% like click through rate where if you're organic, if you're in that, you know, for whatever keyword search church near me or church in, you know, Fort Worth, Texas, if you're in that, the, that first three spots, that's what people are. That's the pool they're picking, picking from. And then stats say yeah. that what it's something like the first, the or, first organic search that comes up gets like 33% of all traffic from that keyword or that keyword phrase like that's crazy yeah and and we know and that, I get, go ahead well i'm just saying we, like we know this because we do it every day with when we're looking for a restaurant you know uh the best steakhouse near me best plumber near me best electrician near me yep. best lawn care we do that every day but it, it hasn't i don't i feel like we're being a little bit late adopters when it comes to oh for sure for church and i'm not sure why I don't, bro, literally what I'm trying to figure out, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm having so many conversations and I'm, and it just, it never comes up. And I rarely ever, like when I'm doing reports or audits or whatever you want to call it, and I'm looking at websites, one, another issue with SEO is that in the church world, there hasn't been placed a lot of value on having a website that is not just looks good, but that is set up right. That is actually good for SEO. And that's one of the main issues is that, and I get it. There's a, most churches out there, they're, you know, spending four five, $6,000 on a, a, a website may not be feasible. Now I could argue that objection all day long because it's your website is, is as important as the building that you are on Sunday, because people are going to check out your website before they walk into your building. So you might and want to think about exactly and, and 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 i don't care what people say look the do-it-yourself website builders and i won't name names but the do-it-yourself website builders are not built for seo they're just not no. they're built to look good and they're built to be easy to get something up online and that that's where a lot of churches are i get that but if you're going to be aggressive with seo and do the and you want to do the things that it's going to take to show up locally at the top, everything about your website feeds your local business ranking in, in the local map pack, the speed of the yep. website, um, schema markup, all these little nuts and bolts, all these little under the hood things that you just can't do, you don't have access to on a do-it-yourself website builder. Nope. Well, and then even, even like from a consistency standpoint is updating, creating quality content and putting it on the website. 
I mean, the amount of churches that don't have blogs and blogs are super important when it comes to to SEO and backlinks and internal linking. Um, and, and so it, it's definitely it's definitely something that I'm I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of banging the drum um, because I, I, I think, you know, for those churches that really they they want to be, like you said, aggressive online, like they want to not just kind of play like, oh, we'll post on social media, but like, like, no, I want. And then usually the phrase that I have is like they want everybody in their communities to know that their church exists. Yeah. Like those are the people that that um, are going to dominate online because there are very, 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 very few churches that are investing or actively implementing SEO strategies at whatever level. Like, you know, mm-hmm. what's okay. So it's like, you know, what's level one, right? Level one for me, and you could, and I want you to speak to this. Level one for me is like the simple things. Website, H1, H1 tags, descriptions, um, picture, alt tags, that little stuff right there. Like those are the places yeah. that a church can start that that make a difference. Um, but those are things that someone can go in and do pretty quickly and not have a, you don't have to have a, much knowledge. You just have to know what keywords you want and putting them in the, the headline tags of each page and then putting in the descriptions and going into each photo that you upload and adding all the, all that, you know, the alt descriptions on those. Um, I think that's, a, that's, and most churches don't even do that. They just throw pages up and there's no, no tags. Yeah. And, and I think that's just, it's just a symptom of, and, and look, I get it. You know, I've, I've dealt with church budgets and there's, you know, there's not always the money sitting there. Um, but you know, when you, when you do use the do it yourself website builder or whatever, you, there's all these little spots where you would have to go in there and know what you're looking for to go name the pages. And if you're not an SEO guy, you're not thinking like, what should I name this page? Um, and, and look, the, the page title is a huge deal as far as yep. when Google is indexing your site. And then that page title, yeah, the H1 tag, which H1 tag, the big tag at the top, um, it's not the H1 is, I think most people just think that, okay, that's the big font. And then H2 is yeah. the subtitle. And 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 they're, they're thinking from a style standpoint, not understanding that H1 is telling Google that when you put that H1 tag, this is the, this is what this page is about. And most people's H1 is their mission statement or something. It's it's nice and warm and fuzzy and it's cool, but it's like the, their H1 tag will be where friends become family, you know, <laughs> reaching one person at a time, which is cool. That's yeah. your mission statement. That does that tells Google nothing. Your H1 yeah. tag needs to be if, if you want to show up as the best church in Atlanta, Georgia, it doesn't have to be the biggest text on your page, but it does need to have the H1 tag saying Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia needs to be yep. the H1 tag. And yep. um, that that's the deal. And I think the other important thing to remember is that Google ranks uh, pages, not websites. So you need a page. If somebody, if you've got little surrounding towns that pe- that you're trying to reach, you know, like, like where I am, uh, there's, there's Loganville, Georgia, Monroe, Georgia, Walnut Grove, Georgia, and, anybody from any of those little towns would drive to any of the other cities for a church. So mm. you need a page that kind of like a service page. If you were a plumber, you know, like we're a yep. church that's all for people in this town and all for people in that town. And anyway, you want to get relevant content to the right people. Yep. Yep. It, it's, it's, um, 
it matters. And, and I think, and I think there are definitely, I mean, I'm having a lot of great, great conversations. There's people that, that are, they're getting it. They want to understand, they want to learn these things. Um, but I, I definitely think that, well, I'll say this COVID definitely exposed that when it comes to online, even I think churches that thought they were doing well, they realize like, oh, we have no idea what we're doing. And yeah. I think it it brought that to light. And I and I think it made a lot of people realize, okay, we've got to get serious about this. Like this can't just be, oh, you know, the youth pastor, he's young. He look he's he's on Instagram. Like he's let's got, let's you know, let's laptop. let him yeah, like let's let's let him he could do the website and then of course they're not gonna pay him extra, they're just gonna tell him to do it church world. Um, and he can, you know, he can do the marketing and, you know, and it's like, but then you, you know, you still have like ads and emails and YouTube and live stream and all this stuff that very few churches either place the importance of, or their team has, have the capacity to understand and learn and figure out. So it's, uh, it's definitely, um, it's definitely an interesting, interesting thing, but I, I think the churches that get it, the churches that want to go all in and make the investment and partner with whether it's coaches or agencies or hiring someone, whatever that may be. I mean, it's it's there's no like, you know, for instance, with SEO, normally we say it takes six to nine months to start ranking on page one. Right. Right. In that first spot. And the churches I'm working with, it's like. Two, three, four months. Like, cause, cause yeah. it's so easy to rank for those, you know, for the church industry, um, keywords. Yeah. Because yeah, the, because no other churches are thinking about SEO. So when you're one of the only ones in the area doing anything, Google picks up on that and it's not hard to, it's not hard to float to the top. So if you were going to say, if a church, if somebody's listening and they're like, okay, I got, I got like 20 minutes I could devote to this, this month. What, what is something they could go do relatively quick on their own? without spending money um, to to give a booster shot to how they're doing uh, locally on, on Google? I mean, and I talk about this a lot and you know this too. I would say the easiest thing is your Google business profile, updating that, upload photos, get reviews and post updates, make yeah. sure everything's correct, your hours, your name, your website. And then I think it's like you said, it's really simple. Go to your website and put in make sure that your H1, your meta description is, is filled out. Um, and then, and, and I'm, and I, I'll ask you this, like, I think making sure that your, your website has all the appro appropriate, like Google analytics, but I also think I'm pretty sure Google search console is a major part of getting your site indexed and allowing it to tell Google and Google telling you what your, what your ranking for, what your, um, you know, what your average position is. Um, but I, I mean, I think, the Google, my business profile, and um, just making sure that you've got those the, the proper keywords on your website for you know your church, kids activities, you know different stuff like that in you know in wherever city or cities that you're you're yeah. located. I mean that's that'd be my opinion. What I mean you you yeah. you know well you, I, a couple of things. I, yes, I think getting if you're not using Google Search Console, you need to get it installed. If you're not sure how to do that. Yeah, hit one of us up, shoot us a message. We'll, we'll yeah, walk you through that. It's it's not hard to do. But the cool thing is Google Search Console tells you how people got to your website. What was the yep. journey? 
What were the words? Whereas analytics tells you what they did once they were on your website. And a lot of what, what's cool about Search Console is what you thought was getting people to your website usually is never what is actually getting people to your website. Yep. And uh, I'll give you an example. I was talking with a church a couple of weeks ago and there, of course, the homepage is usually the most visited page, but um, yep. the page, the, the phrase that was getting so many people <clears throat> to their website was they had accidentally made public some chord charts for reckless love on their website. And it was just, they were just hosting them on there for their band to be able to come download the, the mm -hmm. chord charts. But if you search reckless love chord charts, um, there's a really good chance you're going to end up on this church's website. They were getting so much traffic, people looking for the reckless love chord chart. So that's just the kind of stuff that you can find out that people, that's how people are finding you. And, um, you know, you, you start digging into that and you're like, wow, people are people are looking for these things. I need to put more content on my website about a lot of people are searching for humility. A lot of people are searching for how to be a single yeah. parent, you know, how to deal with divorce, whatever. So we need to build onto that. I would say as far as locally, like you said, fill out the fill out your Google business profile. So many people rush through it. They copied and pasted their their. 12 word mission statement into their description yep. instead of using all 750 characters. That's the first yep. thing that we do when we're helping a church out, go use yep. all 750 characters. The other yep. thing that everybody does is um, they go, they only add one category and they make the primary category church. But if, if you're, you know, if, if you are a, um, and I, I've got these, let's see here if I can find it real quick. Um, I may not be able to find it, but there, there's there's about 12 different categories that churches, it, a lot of churches could use uh, when they're setting up their categories on their Google business profile. And uh, so you don't want to just stop with church and yeah, make church your primary yep. category unless there's a category that's more specific um, for your church, like your denomination, like... Um, you know, Christian church is non-denominational church, non gospel church, um, Evan evangelical church, place of worship. That's an option. So like yep. you, you need to add, I think you can add 12 categories. Um, so make your primary category, the most relevant one. If it's church, then go with church. But if you're non-denominational church, make non-denominational church, your primary category, and then make church a secondary category. And you know, all those. So use as many categories as you possibly can. If um, if your church yep. has a community center, work that in there. Yep. You know, all of food them. bank, food pantry, yeah, all of those things. So your goal is to take up so take up as much real estate as you can on Google, and they're giving it to you. Yep. And and yeah, I would say that that's one of the biggest things that'll move the needle, so to speak, pretty fast is filling out those categories. So yep, that, that's a big Absolutely. yeah. And then I I don't know how helpful this is, but I on the services. I put in like, I'll put in like youth group, uh, parents, you know, seminars, um, you know, like different stuff like that. Just more descriptors. I don't know. I haven't really, you know, I don't really know what, how relative those are. But for me, it's if Google's giving us things to do and to activate, I'm going to activate everything. Exactly. I, I'm with you. You know, some of those things, most people agree, don't directly affect ranking like keywords in your description on your Google business profile 
don't seem to directly affect ranking. However, you'll still see when you do searches, sometimes Google will show bolded words in your description on your Google business profile, depending on what you're looking for when they show the results. So I kind of look at it as collecting change. You know, none, yeah. of the, none of those little things on their own are worth 10 bucks, but there's three cents here, two cents there, two cents there. And, and all of those little things that you're doing, it's like collecting change. And eventually you've got two yep. bucks in your pocket, you know, so yep. do everything you can. Now here, here's, here's a debate I have. Um, I, I tell me what you think about this. I see a lot of churches setting their hours on their Google business profile for their office hours. But my argument with them is no one cares about your office hours because most people are not trying to find out when your office is open. Anybody who would come to the church office already knows. But I do think that Google, when someone is looking for a church, or let's use a restaurant as an example, someone's looking for a restaurant, I think that Google prioritizes open restaurants when they're showing the results. And so yep. uh, if a restaurant is closed and, I, and Google knows I'm looking for somewhere to eat, they're less likely to show me a closed restaurant than an open mm. one. And so most people are looking for a church. If they're, if they're hopping on Google looking for a church, it may or may not be while your church is open, your office hours are open. So the churches we work with, we've gone through and set all of their hours to 24-7 so that the dude on Saturday night looking for a church to take his family to tomorrow, if he was looking, it's going to show his closed on Saturday night and may be less likely to show up if there's one nearby that's showing 24 hmm. seven. So we're, we're setting all of our hours as 24 seven on our churches. And uh, I don't have any evidence to back up that it's working like exponentially like growing churches or anything, but I rather, I do think Google prioritizes open businesses. So hmm. no, that's, that's dude, that's, that's actually really interesting. I like, that's actually really interesting. Huh? Yeah, I don't have it. Yeah, I don't have any cold hard science to back it up, but um, I don't. I, I do know that the churches we've done it for, it's not like they've had this influx of people showing up during office hours, thinking, "Wait, I'm here. I'm it's it's Tuesday at eleven. I'm here for worship." You know, <laughs> that that's not happening because you know nobody cares about your church office hours except the church staff. You know, and yeah, and, yeah, or unless you have some kind of you know like food pantry or daycare yeah. or something that's it's people will actually come to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so those are some thoughts. So, all right, last That's question, good. last question. Um, if somebody's like trying to measure how successfully they're being on social media for their church. Um, I think we work with a, and, and interact with a lot of church social media managers. It's usually a volunteer or an intern mm -hmm. or a part-time paid staff person or somebody who's, wearing 14 other hats and really doesn't have time to be doing it. And um, yep. every one of them I talk to is frustrated. Uh, they're, they're stressing about what to post, but mm -hmm. they, they work their butt off on a post and they think it's awesome. And then they get six likes. And, and so how, how do they know that they're doing a good job? How, how, how should they measure success with their social media? I mean, that's a good question. I think, um, I think I, I have to start with like the, the playbooks that I use with the churches I work with, you know, we, we define, you know, what kind of content we want. Like, so it, this is not a billboard. Uh, obviously every once in a while you have to 
you know, we are holding this event and, you know, there's ways of doing it where it's not just like, you know, come to church on Sunday. You can, you can take some time and, and tell a story and invite people into that story or into your church. Um, I think the first thing you got to measure is, is it valuable? Do people, does it add value to people reading it? Like, is it, you know, is it a good story? Is it a testimony? Is it educational? Is it inspiring? Is it, you know, even if it's a, just a scripture and a, you know, an encouragement, like that stuff is, you know, I think that stuff is good because it does add value to people. And you're reminding people at least throughout the week of like, Hey, read your Bibles or, you know, or do you need prayer? And there's way there's, there's a yeah. different ways. The, the, the number one thing is, is, is the content valuable? Like, yeah. does it add value to the people consuming it? And if it's not valuable, then I don't think it's worth posting. Um, because if, if the, if our messages on Sunday, if they weren't valuable, if they were poorly constructed and poorly written and poorly communicated, which though they are out there, um, it's going to hurt your church growth. Um, because you got a lot of competition these days. Cause in truth, you can go here, Jensen Franklin and Bishop Jake's back to back for free, you know, in my underwear on my bed, like, and yeah. it's going to be awesome. Um, so I think number one would just be, you know, start with value. And then right now, really, if you're, if you're not, if you're not on the reels game and you're not doing carousels and you're just kind of posting still photos and stuff, you're, you're, you're not going to get anything like, unless you're paying, unless you're putting money behind it, it's just, it's not, you're not going to get much traction. Yeah. Um, Cause at least as, as of today, Meta is telling us, you know, we want reels and we want carousels. So that's kind of that's kind of on a foundational level how I would measure um, engagement or you know success. And the other thing is, and you know this is, you just have to be consistent. I mean, the more you post, the more you engage, the more stories you 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 post. I mean, you get it like you get you get rewarded for it, and it's a lot like. I mean, I try to post something every day and it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's work. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know. I mean, you tell me, what do you, what do you, what do you, how do you define success for, you know, for the, for your clients? Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, man. It's, um, it's something that we debate. I go from thinking sometimes, you know, less is more because, um, I see churches get in the the push to get something out, to get a ton of stuff out, and then it's mediocre. Yeah. They're just posting for the sake of posting. Um, uh, on the other hand, uh, yeah, the algorithm does reward you for being consistent and especially yeah. jumping on the new things. That That is the one thing about threads. I'll, I'll say, uh, you know, when it wasn't that long ago that Facebook started putting reels on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, I, I would do it. I, I did a real, just some dumb youth ministry horror story. Dude, it got like 300,000 views. I've never had anything get 300,000 views. Dang. And, and it really wasn't worth 300,000 views. But Facebook was definitely trying yeah. to get just ramp it up and get people um, to, to post reels uh, on there. And so, you know, it, it, it got me. So, um, <laughs> so that's where, you know, that, that's the one thing about threads. You can't advertise on there yet, but, you know, when you oh. can... Uh, I would definitely jump on it because anytime Meta has come out with a new opportunity to advertise, they de- it's definitely cheap in the very beginning. Yep. So I would say as soon as they do let you advertise on threads, I'd give it a shot. You know, 
throw it out there, see what happens. Um, but I, my main thing that I tell people is don't me- you can't measure your church's social media like you measure your personal social media because no. we get we get excited. You know, you post a picture of your family on vacation or whatever you and your wife on date night, you know, and everybody's like, oh, you are such an adorable couple and you get 100 likes or whatever. And it's yeah, like, yeah. Hey, cool. That felt good. We got a lot of likes. Awesome. Um, if you measure if you measure getting likes on your your church's social media, look the the people who are liking it are people who are already coming to your church, and and so yep. if, you're, if your mission is to reach new people with social media, that's not happening unless you spend some money. So you know, if for it's sure, me, I'd be posting. I'm with you. I'd be posting some reels, and don't beat yourself up if they don't get a ton of views. And then I would I would stick the the whole insider communication stuff in a Facebook group for your church. I would, yep. I would move all of the announcement type stuff over there. Um, cause it takes care of itself. People can help each other out, answer each other's questions in there. And, um, and then I would run some ads. I, I would run some yep. Facebook ads, do some retargeting. And, um, that, that's, that's kind of my two cents and, and just don't beat yourself up and test stuff. You know, some stuff's going to work. The stuff that you think is going to be awesome and go viral never does. The stuff that you think is stupid, for whatever reason, it blows up. So you you can't plan it, man. You just got to be consistent, do your best, and um, and see what happens. Yeah, no, I mean you got to run ads. I don't know why more churches don't run ads, and don't just run ads on Christmas and Easter. Run ads all the time because you're fighting. We're, we're fighting for people's attention, and if you want to raise awareness and let people know about your church, you have to show up consistent, like. You almost have like you gotta you gotta follow them around the internet yeah. to to really to really get people in your communities to to know okay like, oh there's a church out there and man you know they're they keep showing up so I might as well you know I might as well you know go check it out check out their website um, it, it's just more and more because of more platforms and more messaging and more ads you, you, Omni Channel is really if you really want to dominate an industry is omni it's you got to have an omni-channel marketing plan when i say omni-channel it's like you've got to be active across as many platforms as possible and advertising across as many platforms as possible because it's we are inundated the online space is inundated with information and videos and graphics and and like dude it's exhausting like yeah and you think it's exhausting look come be a, come get in the marketing world where we, we have to see all the, everyone else's stuff. Um, and the amount of ads that I get for my industry, it's like, I'm just like, I just want to go on Instagram and not see an ad for one time, like, you know, whatever, but that's just, that's what you have to do. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. There's a lot. And you know, it's, it it is overwhelming and it it can crush you if you let it. So that's my encouragement. Just, yeah, just do your best. Be Be consistent. Don't stress out. It'll be all right, nope. you know, yep. but, but care about it, you know? So anyway, yep. well, dude, thanks so much. We're going to land this plane. Thanks everybody for listening, watching, whatever, however you saw this and uh, uh, make sure you check Chandler out on uh, Instagram and the Facebook and now threads and wherever <laughs> else. And, um, and if you need, if you're looking for a consultant, hit him up. He's the guy to talk to. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you for listening. 
If you're looking for personalized suggestions to help grow your organization by reaching more people online, please email Jono at faithworksmarketing.com.